All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Sports with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. Make sure to smash that five-star review button because if you don't, you're a buster with no rhyme or reason. So let's get into it. Death, taxes, and NBA superstars lying about loyalty? Weird. On today's episode, the Lions win. Holy hell. The Bills lose to the Patriots. Holy. Just kidding. I told you that joint was going to happen. Pick quarterback Kenny Pickett. Fake slide. Why I'm okay with it and also why I'm not. But the big story, Damian Lillard is getting the hell out of Portland. And let me tell you why and how. But before we do that, I have to give my props to the Lions. The Lions have been fighting their asses off for weeks and weeks and they finally got that proverbial monkey off their backs and got their first W of the season. Now I've been on record saying that I think that Dan Campbell is a joke as a coach and really primarily as a person. You go into your first press conference and you're talking about biting off kneecaps, I can't take you seriously as a person. I just can't. So I've never been a big Dan Campbell fan. But you know what? It doesn't matter if I care about him or if I believe in him. Because I tell you what, that Detroit Lions team does. Because they've been competitive over the past month and a half or so. They've had a lot of close a lot of close games slip through their grip. They tied the Steelers and you felt, man, they were close. They're close to getting that first dub. Now, does it help that Dalvin Cook wasn't in and Adam Thielen was out right around the halfway mark? Yeah, it helps. But you know what, Detroit? Congratulations. I'm glad you got that first W of the season. By the way, I still think Dan Campbell's too over the top, but you know what? If you're good with that dude and you ride or die with that dude as your coach, good for you. Good for you. And also, skull! <laughs> Vikings fans, how do you feel today? <laughs> and I know what you're saying. You're probably saying to yourself, well, the Bills lost on Monday night too. You're damn right they did. They did exactly what I thought they'd do. They'd poo-poo the bed. Just like I knew they would. So today is Wednesday, December 8th. And the last podcast was on Friday. So this is, you were right in that middle mark. The last one I did was two days before Monday Night Football, and now we're two days removed from it. And on Friday, I had zero clue that the wins were going to be as ridiculous as they actually were. But besides Josh Allen's 300 passing yards, I pretty much crushed that game front to back. So yes, Vikings fans, I'm also very aware that Buffalo lost on Monday. But I'm okay with it because here's the deal. I told you on Friday and I've been telling you guys all season that Buffalo is fraudulent and the Pats are back because Bill Belichick doesn't F around. Three pass attempts. Three. And you know what irritates the hell out of me? I was watching something on Monday. It was before the Bills and Patriots game was Josh Allen was still number two like in the odds to win MVP. How? He hasn't been good this year. He's just, he's, I'll take that back. He's just been good. He is not MVP caliber status. He, If you want to say he was last year, that's fine. Statistically, yes, he was. But we're coming up on a four-year sample size of this dude, and he's been bad for two and a half of three and a half years. That's the bottom line. I don't know how Buffalo is going to do this going forward. That jump from two to three seems like exactly what I said it was. Just a flash in the pan. You had one chance. You had one chance to get to a Super Bowl. To me, you're done now. You're done. Your offensive line is trash. Your defensive line is too thin. You don't have another linebacker besides Lamano or uh, Milano and, and Edmonds. 
those guys are more pass coverage guys. You're not built to win this way this deep into the year. You are if the Bills don't build a dome, unless you get better on the offensive line and defensive line, if you're not gonna build a dome to do it, you might as well just blow the entire thing up. That seems pretty over the top, but to me, you just need to blow it up. I don't believe that Josh Allen's the guy. That secondary is getting old, not so much Tredavious, but Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyder getting old. You don't have a good defensive line. You have weak linebackers. Your offensive line is trash. You're depending on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Okay, cool. What else are you going to do? You're going to be good because you got those two guys at least for a couple of years. And as long as you beat up on them little nerds, as long as you keep having the Jets and the Jaguars, and the Jaguars whoop your ass too, and the Texans, as long as you got to beat those types of teams, you're going to get some Ws. You're going to be floating around 500. But you need to make over in Buffalo and you need to do it right now. Blow that joint up. What sucks the most is that you can't because starting next year, you're going to start paying Josh Allen that stupid amount of money, which is like $40 million a year. One, cap hit's going to be crazy if you trade him. Two, even if you move other pieces, the retiring players, the guys who are about to come off the books or whatever the case might be, then you got to retool everybody else and retrain everybody else. But guess what? Josh Allen's going to go back to year one and two Josh Allen, and you guys aren't going to want to admit that maybe, just maybe, he had one really stupid, awesome, great year, and now he's back to mediocre. You can't be paying no mediocre quarterback $40 million a year. I said this months and months and months ago. I knew that Buffalo was going to sign him first because they were so desperate for a quarterback. My buddy Dylan told me first that they were going to. I didn't want them to. But I knew above those quarterbacks, the Bakers, the Lamars, and the Josh Allens, when he told me that Allen was going to get his first, I thought, you know, I don't want them to, but I know they're going to because they're so starred for a relevant quarterback. And after the year that he had last year, they were going to pay him too early. That's exactly what they did. The Browns and the Ravens didn't do that. Haven't extended either one of their quarterbacks yet. I'm so, I'm so mad. I'd almost rather the Bills be like bad, bad again, because when people, when we were bad beforehand, when the Bills were bad, it was, I got poked fun of like, why are you a Bills fan? I have my reason for it, but it was almost easier being a Bills fan then as opposed to what it is now, because everyone's trying to tell me how good they are. And I see the flaws at every single level of this organization. And they had one magical year last year and now they're just good, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine here. All right, enough Debbie Downer. Let's move on. So I'm going to go hop on this Damian Lillard train for a moment. I saw on my socials yesterday, and it's weird. I'm not going to say that these two things are directly correlated because that would be reckless of me, and I don't want to do that. But it was the same source, um, and it wasn't directly the NBA, but it was one of those like NBA hoops or NBA memes or something like that. It was the same source, and I wish I remembered exactly which one it was. But the timeline of this thing was really odd to me, where at one point in time, it was probably around 1 or 1.30 Alaska time, and I was scrolling through, and it says, Damian Lillard is seeking two-year, $107 million extension through the age of 36. An hour and a half later, CJ McCollum has life-threatening issue because he has a collapsed lung. And I'm like, oh, are these two things related? And I honestly don't know. I don't know anything about this uh, this CJ McCollum thing. I have done zero research on it, so I'm not going to be just recklessly speculating on what it is. But I will give you a timeline of what my thoughts went to. I saw the first thing, Damian Lillard, 
wants two-year $107 million extension. And I thought, oh, you know what he's doing? What he's trying to do right now is play the fake loyalty card because he's been doing this joint forever. Words, I want to win in Portland. I want to build something great here. And I've been saying for months on the previous show before I had to reboot and ever since. You're not winning anything in Portland, Dame. You're just not. And I'm sorry because I like the guy. I like him as a ball player. But with the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Suns and the Warriors are back, bro, you're done. You're never going to win a championship there. And sports fans irritate the hell of me because what they're trying to do is while he's in Portland, it's, yeah, we support Dame. He's trying to do it the right way. And guess what? When he doesn't win anything, because he won't, you'll crucify the hell out of him once he's done and once he's retired or he's traded or whatever the case might be. So him asking for this extension is basically him saying, I want to get out of here. Because here's the deal. Just two years ago, he signed a four-year just shy of $200 million a year for a contract, which is just shy of 50 mil per. Now he's looking for over 50 per up until he's 36. The way that I'm reading this is he's trying to force them to just pay him more money. Because if he's got to get, if he's got to stay in Portland, he's like, I'm going to get mine more than he's already gotten. Now he's made Portland relevant when they weren't for a long time. So it's not that he hasn't given Portland everything that he's gotten, especially as a basketball player, because I believe that he has, but dog, I see what you're doing. You're trying to force your way out and make you still look like the good guy. Because if I'm Portland, there is absolutely zero chance in hell I am paying him 53 million American dollars per year when he's 36. That is not happening. And I understand how the salary cap works. I understand that it goes up. And there's some of these contracts when we saw... A few years ago, Tyler Johnson, when he played for the Heat and he went to the Nets and he was getting $50 million and it was stretched over like three or four years. And you're thinking, how the hell is Tyler Johnson getting that money? One, that contract doesn't look as bad now because you can pay $13, $14 million to a bench player and it's nothing. And we get that. And in time, $50 million a year is not going to seem like it's that bad of a contract for an NBA superstar because that's what they're all getting paid right now anyways, anywhere between 40 and 50 but I'm not giving it to you when you're in your mid-30s. Get the hell out of here. There's no way. If I'm Portland, I'm saying, yo, when this contract's done, you can walk or I'm trading him. But this is, this to me is just the, when everybody says, well, Dame's that loyal. I don't believe that he is. I don't believe that anybody's that loyal because I think that he is, he's hearing this in the back of his mind forever. You're not going to win anything here. You're not going to win anything in Portland. And if you don't think that legacy and championships mean something to you, just look at Kevin Durant. And it's weird because that dude has two of them and he still feels like he's not validated as one of the best players because simple-minded people want to say, well, you, you left, you left OKC. You went, the thing is, it wouldn't matter if he stayed in OKC and didn't win anything, you'd still discredit him. He goes someplace, wins a couple rings and wins finals MVP, by the way. Kevin Durant's really good at basketball. I'm not sure if you guys know that. And I'm getting a little off topic because that's what I do. But to get back to Dame, this is this is him just forcing the hand of how much do you really want me to stay here and how bad is it going to look on you as an organization if you let me go after all that I've done for you? Because he's been super public about wanting to stay in Portland. But you already signed a contract, you're halfway through it, and they're already paying you over $40 million a year. And you want an extension through your age of 36 to get paid over 50? Nah, B. If I'm the front office, I'm saying, bye-bye. 
you, I don't care where you want to go. We'll get you out of here. And that's the thing. Expiring contracts are actually an asset in the NBA. It's kind of weird, but yeah, you trade somebody next year, they fall off your books. And we've seen this work beforehand with Toronto and it's, it's not always a guarantee, but look, if you think that you're one point guard away and now obviously he's still got two years left on this particular deal before whatever extension might potentially happen but that might be the route that they go and honestly he might have to play out this entire year because next year would be the like the very last year then it becomes more attractive to teams and maybe they get a little bit more back because because if he's talking 50 plus million dollars a year i don't think that anybody's going to be willing to give it to him and i sure as hell don't think that portland is so this to me feels like he's probably going to have to play out the end of this year but then next year he becomes an actual trade asset and might be able to get a haul back for him. And to kind of wrap this up and, and correlate it with CJ McCollum was, do I know that there was, did, did did Dame know about this? And that's the reason why he's wanting to stay and push their hand more because he knows that there's going to be that much more pressure on him if CJ can't play. Because I would not 100% be surprised if that was the angle that he was taking. Because that's just it. If he wants to stay in Portland, which I feel like it sounds like he does, if there's no CJ, there's that much more pressure that's put on him. Thus, the whole, you're going to pay me $53 million a year to stay here so that your organization is still relevant. But if you're smart, I would not pay him that money. I'd get him the hell out of Dodge and I would do it whenever you can, whatever is the best offer you can get for him. And that sounds super duh. Like, of course, that's what you'd want to do. But if you can move him this year, then fine. You're not doing anything anyways. I feel like you'd get more for him last year again because of that expiring contract and Someone would be willing to bring him in for his services, trade away whatever is to try to win a championship, and then not pay him and then let him walk. Or maybe they can re-sign him, but it's not $53 million a year. Maybe it's $100 million over three years, and it's a little bit more of a reasonable contract due to his age. Now, the rest of the episode is really just going to be a bunch of rando topics, like 8, 9, 10, 11 things, just spitballing. It was a spit-hot fire, and we're going to wrap up the episode real quick. And call me now for your free tarot card reading. And I'm reading that there is going to be a change in a college football rule sooner than later. So I was watching the highlight of Kenny Pickett, who is the, the pit quarterback. And if you watch this clip, it was wild because when it happened, I went straight to socials because I want to see what the reaction was. And a bunch of people were like, oh, well, he, you know, uh, he was tripping and he caught himself. Nah, that looked like a fake slide to me, which I thought was slick as hell. Because I've always wanted somebody to do that. And like it's when, when we see it, and we're starting to see a little bit more in baseball. It doesn't happen every game. But I always thought it'd be dope to watch somebody like fake slide, like jump over a tag at second or third. And we're seeing it a little bit more now because it just looks so cool. It's such an athletic play. And when he did it, I thought, oh, that's, that's a heads up play. Because it's kind of like when quarterbacks scramble toward the sidelines, right? And they do that little pitter patter of the feet like they're going to go out of bounds and then don't. That's got to be super frustrating for a defender, man. That would drive me absolutely wild. I mean, again, like it's a heads up play because like nobody can touch anybody anymore. Like quarterbacks are the most protected athlete on the planet, like right now. And and we all know that. And as a defender, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, because if you don't push them out of bounds, they do that kind of crap to you. But if you do push them out of bounds, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a, not a roughing the passer call, but an unsportsmanlike conduct because you push a quarterback out of bounds. You can't do anything. But I wouldn't be surprised that there's some kind of rule change, at least in college, in the NFL. I don't know if they're ever going to do this because they're so, they're so bent on keeping the quarterbacks protected in the NFL. Whereas in college, it's weird because I don't watch a ton of college football. 
But when I do, I feel like the officiating there is they let them play way more than they do at the NFL level, where it's they're they're constantly looking at ways to throw a flag, whereas in college they're like, let the kids play, which is which is wild to me. With the defense already being at such a disadvantage anyways, and with so many flags that are, are so offensive biased, I feel like at the least the college level, you're going to have to make some kind of rule against this. Because with how bang bang these plays are, you're going to have somebody slide or pretend to slide and a defender is going to want to hit them because they have no idea if they're going down or not. And if they actually do go down and the defender's trying to hit them, they could be called for targeting if it hits them in the head. Because the defender has no clue. And in that spot, you're asking these guys who are running 20 miles an hour at each other in a four-yard window where they're already at full speed to make it an executive decision on am I going to hit somebody or am I going to let up and just touch them? I don't call it, you don't have to touch them. But if you don't know if someone's going to slide or not, as a defender, you got to think that you have to hit them. But this is going to get really convoluted real quick, especially at the college level. So again, it's one of those things where like I thought it was a heads up play because there's nothing in the rules that says that you can't do it. He didn't do anything illegal, but it it's going to start getting quarterbacks really effed up because dudes, I have no idea if you're going down or not. I'm just going to wax that ass. And for the most part, you do see like if there's a if there's a, a quarterback in the middle of the field running and they have no intention of giving themselves up, defenders are one to knock that ass out. And if you're somebody who's pulled this stunt beforehand, you know, if you have a track record of this, I guarantee you defenders aren't going to care whether you fake slide or not. They're going to want to come at you. How pissed off do you think Broncos fans are? Because I would be absolutely furious. When it was draft time, I thought 100% that Denver was going to pull the trigger on a trade to go get Aaron Rodgers when it looked like he wasn't coming back. Denver's roster top to bottom is really good. They're really, really good. And they are just being handcuffed by Teddy Checkdown, man. They're going to have to do something in the offseason. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't believe a rookie quarterback's the way to go. I really, I, I really did. I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go there. There was two teams that I thought would probably land Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. It was Cleveland because I think that they were sold on Baker Mayfield and they had a Super Bowl-ready roster. Or I thought it was going to be Denver because they were kind of in the same boat. Good offensive line, defensive line, weapons, run game, blah, 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 everything else. They're a real quarterback away from really doing damage and really being good for multiple years in a row or however long Aaron Rodgers is going to play. But watching that team play against Kansas City on Sunday night. Man, that has to just be so damn frustrating for your defense to play that good against Kansas City. And Teddy Bridgewater, like, he's just, he's not the answer. Teddy Bridgewater is, like, the ultimate backup quarterback. He's the guy that you need that if your starter goes down, you know what, you can stay afloat with him for three or four games, but he is just not a starting quarterback. Can we get off the Teddy Bridgewater train already? That's got to stop. Going from Sunday to Monday Night Football, uh, did anybody catch this with Lisa Salter? She was saying that she was talking to Mac Jones before the game, and she was asking, like, what's it like to replace a, a legend like Tom Brady? And, of course, per her reporting, he did the Patriot thing, and he does what everybody does in these press conferences or these interviews where they give you nothing and they give you exactly what it is. And I could have told you exactly what Mac Jones said without even hearing this report. But what she had reported that he said was, no, I just keep my head down, stay humble, stay off social media. Here's the deal, dog. You didn't replace... Tom Brady. Cam Newton replaced Tom Brady. I mean, neither one of them replaced him, let's be serious, but Mac Jones got to be the next boyfriend. You don't ever want to be the boyfriend or the husband right after there's a breakup. 
especially when they've been that great. Tom Brady is like, in this scenario, Tom Brady is like the greatest husband in the history of the world. But the relationship didn't work and it was probably New England, right? We're just, we're just going to make it that. You don't want to be the guy who has to look after Tom Brady, the guy who has to replace him because they're not. there's nothing you can do that can match up to that guy. Not that, not that Cam Newton was great anyways, but my point is he was the one who caught all the flack. You're a rookie quarterback coming into a much better situation than Cam was. You are not replacing Tom. You don't have to live in the shadow. Cam Newton gave you that buffer. Now you just get to be basically a reincarnation of Tom Brady. Except for you were drafted, you know, what, 180 something picks higher? That's the only difference. It's the only difference, man. You're coming into the best coach ever, a great offensive line, a great defensive line, a great running game, and a guy who doesn't give a sh about you or your ego. If I got to run the ball three times, I will. And I was, it was funny listening to the Mannings talk about it because when they had Joe Buck on, it's like, well, how do you think Aikman would take it? He'd be pissed and blah, blah, blah. And it had to be frustrating. But if you're going to play for Bill Belichick, like those are the types of games that you're just going to have sometimes because he's such an asshole. And he just, he doesn't care about your ego. Mac Jones seems to be what Tom Brady was at the beginning of his career. Tom Brady was very much a yes, sir kind of guy and just rolled with whatever Belichick said. It wasn't until he got later on in his career where he goes, I want to go have fun and do this. I love Tom Brady now, and I don't want to because he's been a thorn in my side for goddamn two decades. But I like this version of Tom. And you know what? There might be a chance that some point down the line, Mac Jones literally turns into Tom Brady-ish. You know? At the very beginning of his career, he's going to be very much in that militaristic, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir, and just does it. And then he gets eight to 10 years in his career and he goes, ah, oh, you know what? This is, I can go have fun and still make a bunch of money doing this thing called football that I love. I just found it funny when Lisa had asked him, you know, how does it feel to replace a legend? You don't like you got Cam took all the brunt of that for you, man. Like you, you owe him some type of fruit basket for, for the holidays. He made your life so much easier by giving you that one year window buffer where you didn't have to be the guy to quote unquote replace TB12. All right. I want to thank everybody for stopping in to Talking Sports with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. All of you all stay up, stay blessed. We'll catch you on the next one.